finally, the Sing Second Podcast has come back to your airwaves. This week, we are covering the most least anticipated topic in Sing Second history. And because it is the most least anticipated topic in Sing Second history, of course, we've got your resident small school fans, Brandon and Andy here to break down the FCS season so far this week, uh, this year, the spring year, the spring season. Brandon, what's good? Man, I tell you what, FCS football is good, but in, in we're going to talk a lot about that. So I kind of have two things that are what's good. Uh, the first one, just in kind of a of a, a food news piece right now. In North Platte, well, pretty much anywhere that has these restaurants, I guess, uh, the Little Caesars soft pretzel crust pepperoni pizza with the with the cheese in instead of the pizza sauce. One of my favorite things. I was so excited when I saw the commercial. I shouted out loud in our house, and we had that yesterday for supper. So that was pretty awesome. And then also at Wendy's, this jalapeno popper chicken sandwich, the best chicken sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. Very phenomenal. Both of those things, great. And then uh, that was going to be what my what's good was. And then when I got home today, uh, I saw a little package up by the door. Wasn't really sure. Um, we had some stuff ordered, but it's not supposed to be here until maybe next week. And it was uh, orange and blue box. And I was like, what the heck is this? Look up and it's got the Florida logo on it and open it up. And University of Florida sent me a little care package with a t-shirt, like a nice bound journal, uh, the nice kind, you know, like that's got some substance to it, you know and uh, some pins and some Snickers, a real nice, like kind of heavy duty water bottle. Uh, there's, there's other stuff too. I, yeah, I was just blown away. It was like seriously made my day. So if anybody or if my teacher from my class is listening in on this, I know she's a follower of the podcast on Twitter and is pretty supportive of what we do. Uh, man, thank you so much. That was pretty thoughtful and like super serious that it really made my day. That was a pretty nice little surprise. What's good with you? Well, first off, now that's a an online master's program I can get behind. That's a heck of a recruiting tool. If I knew I was getting a care package from the UF, U of F, yeah. I would be a gator in a heartbeat. Some nice swag. It's the nicest thing like any school I've ever taken – most of the time you go to a school and take some classes, they're like, hey, uh, when are you going to donate to us? You know what I mean? And that kind of thing. And like, and this just blew me away that totally unexpected, out of the blue. What a nice little surprise. Yeah. I was also hyped that uh, that pretzel crust pepperoni uh, nacho cheese pizzas back at Little Caesar. That thing is delicious. It is dangerously delicious oh it's a force to be reckoned with i i am upset though that my rock impression didn't make your what's good it must not have been that good because it probably wasn't 
that well, good. I was I was afraid of having like too many what's goods because I already no. had the first one and then the package and then this one I was like just that was 30 minutes great, straight that was a great impression of the rock. 30 minutes straight of what's goods and they just get media more mediocre as you go down the list no it was really good it was really but good. uh no what's good sing second Nebraska land bank snacks there's two of us so we didn't just get a fun size snicker bar and a, and a can of pop. We got big gulps today. We got sharing size M&M bags because there's only two of us. So we, so we had to splurge, split it in half, right? Instead of split in four ways. Who would have thought we've been doing this wrong all along. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's what's good. But I do agree with you, Brandon, that the FCS has been really good so far. Um, again, still sad to see that it's not on anything but ESPN Plus or ESPN yeah. 3. Um, but we're starting to get weekday games. We're getting Sunday games. So it's spread out through to, through uh, all three days of the weekend, if you would. And, and that's kind of nice because now a lot of those small school games are going to kick off at 1 or 2 or noon. And now at least they're, they're spread out. And so uh, before we jump into FCS too much, we're going to talk about maybe the least, the second least favorite conference to talk about. Um, the equivalent of the SEC for the FCS, and that is, that is the old Missouri Valley. Teams like North Dakota State, uh, Northern Iowa that we've talked about on previous podcasts. Southern Illinois is kind of a big hitter now. Western Illinois, Youngstown State, the Fighting Penguins, that old... Um, Oh, gosh, I just blanked his name. Bo Pelini was the head coach of and took him to a national championship his first year. So, again, a cop South Dakota State. Didn't even talk about South Dakota State. So a lot of top programs in the FCS are from the Missouri Valley. And we've talked about Northern Iowa this year, about how we're going to follow them. Um, and, Brennan, what's been your, your observation, if you would, just to, with these last two or three weeks of FCS football? For me, uh, two weeks, I know it started kind of like two weeks ago. You know, we were out of town on Saturday, so I wasn't able to watch any. But this last weekend, it felt like fall to me, you know, and, and having ESPN Plus, which it is a little bit of a pain, uh, not being able to have the channels and everything, but, but the coverage was good and just having college football on for me all day. And I, it really felt like the fall. And to me, I always thought that like Easter time, Easter to me always felt like a football holiday, but there's no football. And this year, I think, you know, I'll give my wish. It, they're probably not going to play on Easter Sunday, but uh, you know, the Saturday before we will have games other than just spring games, you know? So this weekend was awesome. Uh, the games that I watched were, were pretty fun. Uh, you know, I, I started off with the early game, which was um, Northern Iowa. I'm sporting the old hat for them today. And uh, they won like 21 to zero over the, over the Youngstown Penguins. And, you know, that it seems like kind of a close score, but really yardage wise, especially in the first half, they rolled up a lot of yardage, but they they go down and settle for a field goal, go down, settle for a field goal. And I know like Youngstown had to be kind of feeling fortunate, you know, for uh, for it being as close as it was. 
but I thought Northern, Northern Iowa's defense played good. And other than just sometimes when those teams have those games, you get down into the red zone and then you struggle for as easy as you made it in between, you know, uh, I thought, I thought they looked pretty good. And, and even though it was only 21 points, they, they didn't have as many points to show for what they actually did for as far as the first game uh, for me when I watched it. What did you think of that game? You know, that's one thing. I know Northern Iowa lost a lot. Uh, they had a lot of seniors on last year's team and then a few opt-outs that are getting ready for the draft and things like that. And so uh, Northern Iowa was going to struggle this year. Now, a Missouri Valley struggle versus some of those other conference struggles are going to look way different uh, just because the recruiting, much like the uh, SEC, is going to be top-notch because they're competing every year top-notch. And Northern Iowa, I mean, right now they're ranked number three. They're one and one and they're ranked number three. And so like that, that's, I think, the, the credence that the polls and stuff like that believe in Northern Iowa. Um, you know, they could be a, a five and three, a six and two type of team and still be a top 10 team because they're going to have good wins. But those two, that second loss is probably going to be pretty good as well. I, I totally agree with that. And like a lot of these teams, and we'll talk about some of these other ones that struggled surprisingly. Um, what a weird football season for them. I mean, it was weird for the teams this fall where it's like they didn't know if they were going to have football. Then all of a sudden they did. But it's like these guys have been waiting around and I, their bodies have to feel kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a extended amount of time where they weren't playing and even though they've had practice and whatnot, it's, I just think these kind of different circumstances, the weather uh, for a while there was super cold, you know, and, and just kind of all these little adjustments that, that, yeah, they're used to having spring ball, but this is a different thing. So I think some of it is, and, you know, like having players there, then they're getting ready for the draft but they, they were with them, you know, and now they're not. So I think all those little things have some interesting impacts on these teams this year. Well, not to spoil, I think what you're alluding to in a couple other places, but can it be an asterisk that we've got a spring 2020 season and yes, we wanted to play, but then the king of FCS football has fallen for the first time in 39 games. They, they, they lost, they won 38 in a row, 39 in a row, trying to make it 40. And they lose to a team that was on the fringe of the top 25 at the end of the year last year. And I think either barely made the playoffs or barely missed the playoffs. So they were on that fringe. Um, so a good Southern Illinois team, but it's not the South Dakota State who was the last loss. It was not a um, North Dakota who is on the rise. It wasn't a Montana, Montana State. It wasn't a James Madison or an Eastern Washington. These big heavy hitters of the FCS that we think of being at the top. And so with those opt-outs, a.k.a. Trey Lance, with a Jabril Cox who transferred to LSU and will be a first-round pick, with a, a left tackle, left guard who's going pro, who's going to be a first two-round pick depending on uh, the, the draft situation. Again, funny things are happening all over the place. And so it'll be interesting to see 
who sits at the top of the Missouri Valley by the end of this because North Dakota, who I'm sure is going to be that next team we talk about, has looked really good. Yeah. Are they going to be a 7-1, and 8-0, and 6-2? Or is it going to be just a big jumbled mess of five and three, six and twos? Because, I mean, they, Southern Illinois looked pretty dang good that that whole game. It wasn't even the, a first quarter or first half that teams have put against North Dakota State. They looked like the better team for four quarters. And so are they now in that contention? Are they right there? And I just – it'll be fun to watch because I think much like if you took maybe an Alabama off – their top game and they get picked off by a Florida or a Georgia or something like that. That's where we're kind of getting to where there's three or four or five teams that on any given day, whether it be Thursday, like tomorrow's border war, a Saturday, a Sunday, which would even be more of a weird scheduled time. We're going to see some craziness. Yep. North Dakota state every like, I'm I'm calling them preseason magazines, but they're not. You know, they were just blogs that came out right before FCS football did. Every single one, unanimous. They're winning national championships. We're not going to see them lose this season. You know, and comparing it to the winning streak eventually of of uh, Washington's, I think, and then Oklahoma's obviously <coughs> big one. And nobody like even let alone, let alone uh, Southern Illinois, like they weren't giving anybody a chance of beating these guys. And watching that game on Saturday was like, I thought, man, scratches in the armor. You know, I thought, uh, I thought the Bison looked just, they looked rough and it wasn't, you know, and, and I thought it was interesting when the game started and the announcers were saying, yeah, the Bison last week, they were pretty vanilla on offense. But this week, we're going to see them open it up a lot more. And it's like they didn't. They just really tried to outman the team in front of them, and they couldn't do it. And, and you bring up a good point because even it was at Southern Illinois. And so, like, that at least is a road loss. Say what you will about it. But it was a North Dakota State broadcast. I think that's kind of the cool part is you see the small school, whatever ESPN plus trust to put out a pretty good product type of deal. Um, but like the first quarter was 10 to nothing and North Dakota state went three, out, three and out twice. Yeah. And that was the whole first quarter and Southern Illinois would come out and run a little bit of a wildcat read option game. And then their quarterback was a little mobile and all this stuff. And then their, their quarterback, who is a transfer from Iowa State, Zeb Nolan, doesn't look quite like the Easton Sticks, the Trey Lance, the Carson Wentz. Yeah. They've, and so maybe we're seeing how much the quarterback has really made a deal because, yeah, they used to do the old ground and pound, but they've had a, a run of really, really good quarterbacks. And now that maybe they're not quite at that level with the quarterback – are they really deficient in other places that they, they haven't had to be deficient before or they have been hiding before? I think so. I think you're right with that. And on defense too, that defensive line got worked. And how many times, you know, it was like they do the uh, – Southern Illinois was doing the old clap, you know, cadence and everything. And then he would do the fake clap. 
And how many times did you see the bison come racing across the oh. scrimmage early? And I thought, it how was, were they this undisciplined? You know, it was just terrible. Well, and one of them, the quarterback ended up throwing a pick six and then got called back because yeah. of an offside. It's like just eerie stuff. And then at the end of the half, they have that sweet Hail Mary that North Dakota State catches in the end zone to at least make it a 10-point game at halftime. And then that's kind of like, oh, crap, here we go. Same old, same old. They're going to start coming back. And then – Southern Illinois boat raced them in the second half. And that was amazing to see uh, the, I mean, they scored two or three, two touchdowns, at least in the fourth quarter alone, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. That uh, on Twitter, their fans were, most of them were kind of like in meltdown, you know, and, and as living in Husker country, you know, <laughs> like thinking of back in, you know, when Nebraska lost Arizona state zero to 19 after, two national championships or like with the year they got blown out by Iowa state, you know, and it's like, we just lost to Iowa state. Not only that, but we got blown out by Iowa state. Like, what do you think? What do you think about there? Is this a sign of things to come or are they going to use it as momentum or is this something that they're going to be able to fix? Cause this, they have a tough schedule. They play in a hard conference, you know? Well, and it'd be one thing if you lost to Northern Iowa, you lost to South Dakota State. All those teams are top five. I guess both. I can't say all of those teams when there's only two, but both <laughs> those teams are top five. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I think that's going to show you the, the depth because uh, Southern Illinois, Illinois State is usually a top 10 program and they're, they're looming um, a little bit down the rebuild. But I think it kind of comes back that they don't have those that recruiting class that they're coming that's that's coming later this spring, if you would, in the early enrollees. And so they weren't able to restock some of the shelves that left yeah. uh, for, for the draft or transferred. And it, it's just sad because uh, they have a wide receiver, Christian Watkins, who I mean, he every time he touches the ball, he has the chance of going yard with it. And he you haven't heard his name in the first three weeks or so. And it's, it's, it's just crazy because I mean, there's, there's when they played South Dakota state last year in the playoffs, he had two straight touches that went 50 plus yards for a touchdown. One was a pass and one was a jet sweep. And so it's just so versatile and he's non-existent right now because of the vanilla-ness that, that has been shown. Pretty crazy. But no, it was that third game, the old, North Dakota, were they the Fighting Hawks now instead of the Fighting Sioux? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then who who they go up against? They played uh, South Dakota State, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, the old Jackrabbits. Oh, that was one. I mean, South Dakota State is the little brother to North Dakota State. Well, now they might be the little brother to North Dakota. <laughs> and that's a program that if, if North Dakota State wasn't in the Missouri Valley, South Dakota State would replace it right away. They've they've always been one A, if you would, to to the one North Dakota State. And so, to see North Dakota in its first, I think, full year in the Missouri Valley, flex its muscles pretty impressive. They uh, coming over from the Big Sky last year, they kind of played a hybrid uh, FCS independent schedule where they played half of the big sky and half of the Missouri Valley. And I think this year's the first year they're full member and to come over and 
beat South Dakota State, put themselves in a good spot to beat North Dakota State in like two and a half, three weeks now. And they have a big game tomorrow against South Dakota, the old border war. So they may they may make some noise in their first year. I was excited. That I was excited for that game also uh, last week. And, you know, and I didn't know if they would win or not, you know, just like looking at what they were rated at the time, you know, cause they were like 14th or whatever. And I was like, I don't know, you know, how they're one and oh right now. It's hard to tell. And then uh, when they beat South Dakota state, I was like, geez, man, look out. These guys <laughs> might be the real deal. So now, you know, they're, and we'll talk ratings later, but they're, you know, rated high. They look every bit of the part, you know, and um, I'm, I'm excited. That'll be a cool Thursday night game. So again, it makes it feel like fall, you know, and then, uh, and then representing South Dakota. And then it's like, I had to stop earlier when you're, when I was like, wait, they played, oh yeah, they played South Dakota state. It's weird having these four teams we're talking about in two States. So that, you know, I'm trying to make sure I'm saying the right one, but South Dakota, uh, I think is going to give them a good fight, but I, you know, I'm real excited for that game. And I, I'm kind of all aboard this, this North Dakota bandwagon right now. It's, it's funny. And, and I guess my, my question, Brandon is, is there something being a fellow mid-major small school fan, if you would, that has drawn you to the, to the Missouri Valley or you one that watches, like you said, you've watched North Dakota, Northern Iowa, like, is there something that has just drawn you to North, like the, the Missouri Valley, if you would, or is it just location? I think the biggest thing is like just the fact that it is the Missouri Valley Conference and it stems from, you know, like even when you look on their website, they're like, yeah, we're the same Missouri Valley Conference that, that the Big Eight, you know, eventually came out of. We're the third or second oldest conference or whatever it is probably third, I think, uh, oldest conference in, in the country. And so, and it's just teams around us, you know, and I, I like the, the mentality of most of those teams, you know, the Bison are fun uh, to follow now because they're so good. Uh, Northern Iowa, I've just liked for a long time and um, having watched a game, you know, at the, at the UNI Dome or whatever it's called, was pretty cool. And I think it's just the teams that are in it. Like I do like the Grizz who are, they're big sky, aren't they? Yeah. Montana's the big sky. And so like, I, I do kind of like them a little bit, but I think it's just, they're my favorite team in their conference, but in the Missouri Valley, I just like a lot of teams that are in it, you know? And so that's kind of why I follow them more. And I, you can't bring up a good point and just where we're located like we're we're decently close to both the big sky because I mean not that Montana is close to drive drive to but like Idaho it, there's all these schools in the big sky that are seemingly close to where we're at but then you have obviously the Dakotas northern Iowa there it's just surrounding us and yeah. and a lot of our prospects out of Nebraska are Nebraska Jacks they go to South Dakota State um, North Dakota State's had two quarterbacks from the Omaha area. So you just see some familiar names or some familiar high schools that 
um, you know, we don't have a lot of guys go to go to the University of Nebraska. And so it's kind of cool to just to see Nebraska represented on all these rosters. And so I, I think that's kind of started it for me. But it's just always fun because, you know, you're going to see some pretty darn good football. And those guys who go to that are maybe undeveloped or lower two stars or even less, they develop into some pretty darn good football athletes. Absolutely, they do. And yeah, Missouri Valley, that's kind of like our Big Ten slash Big 12 conference. And then Big Sky's kind of like brings me back to my Mountain West or living in Wyoming. I think that's why I like the Grizz because they're kind of like my Wyoming of the Mountain West, you know. What do you think about the old? Of the the FCS, I mean. What do you think about the old Montana State Bobcats? I know you're a Grizz. Do you just hate the Bobcats then of Montana State or? Not really. I I don't really dislike them at all. I I think I just like the Grizz more. And to be honest, I don't really know why. I think it's just the mascot and the colors of of the Grizz I like a little better. <laughs> they, they do that kind of maroon with the silver pretty cool. Yeah. They, that's, that's a cool combo. It's not gray. It's not white or black. It's, it's that silver. That's, that makes it pretty cool. But no, we've talked about how the Missouri Valley is the SEC of the FCS and how a lot of these teams aren't going to make it out healthy or with a very good record because of the week-in, week-out battle. Uh, just look at the top 11 of the top 25 five are from the Missouri Valley. Number three, North Northern Illinois or Northern Iowa, sorry. Number four, North Dakota. Number six, North Dakota State. Number eight, South Dakota State. And number 11, Southern Illinois. And Southern Illinois jumped exponentially this week because they weren't even rated last week in the top 25. And yeah, they were a French team, but that's a heck of a jump into the top 25 at number 11. Brandon, thoughts on that? I mean, North Dakota State drops from one. So James Madison is the new number one. Weber State is number two out of the big sky. They're known for defense, and uh, that's their highest ever rating. Yeah. But after that, it's a heck of a lot of Missouri Valley teams clustered. Yeah, it is. It reminds me, and I, I was trying to think of, like, because obviously we make these comparisons of Missouri Valley to the SEC. And to me, I try to think, like, all right, so – beginning of a season you know the bison they're kind of like alabama you know if alabama would have lost that heavily you know to a to a irrelevant at the time team you know not in the top 25 and i would just be curious like i'm trying to think of like who alabama plays that i mean it would be kind of like if they lost to maybe like tennessee i guess you know who who sometimes has respect with their name and sometimes is on the verge of being okay, but most of the time they're not. So maybe if they were, let's say, you know, they won their first game and then week number two conference loss to, uh, to Tennessee, you know, what about how far do you think they, or Kentucky? Yeah. Kentucky would probably be, they've actually been a little better lately. So what do you, what do you think Alabama would drop if they lost by that same margin? That's tough because it was what like 37, 14 or something crazy like that. I that's it's almost unfathomable because the only teams they would lose to are like Clemson, Ohio State, you know, something Georgia if, if things aren't going well or something like that. So it's it's just hard to fathom Alabama 
messing it that much. It'd be interesting to see like how did Clemson fall when they lost to Pittsburgh, yeah. or like or something like that. Because but they still they still made the top four that year, so it couldn't have been something super crazy. I will say that they did kind of give Southern Illinois the uh, SEC treatment, you know, because you would sometimes see a SEC team on ranked beat somebody good. And then, oh my gosh, Mississippi State went from unrated all the way up into the top five or whatever because they yeah. beat Texas A&M. So they did give, uh, they gave Southern Illinois some respect there. And I mean, I was surprised they moved them up to 11, but I mean, this whole top 25, um, you know, I'm sure when they were voting it at the end, you know, whoever, whoever does the voting, that had been like, I don't even freaking know, you know, like I don't even know what to do anymore. Cause I mean, James Madison, obviously, you know, they're always a fun team to watch and they're undefeated, but you got Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa, who's, you know, number three at one and one, um, you got North Dakota who's climbing up the rankings undefeated, but then North Dakota State two and one, lost in it real unimpressively, and they dropped to number six. You got Jacksonville State who's four and one at uh, number 10. They've they've got some games right there. And then my other question too, because North Dakota State played a game in the fall, right? Yes. So how does that because that's so, not in their current record, is it? It is. And Jacksonville State is four and one. They played they played four of those games in the fall. See, I knew they did, but I didn't think for some reason I was thinking North Dakota State didn't. But okay, because I was like, how does that work for one team but not the other? Yeah. And and so they beat Central Arkansas, that one game Trey Lance played. Right. Um, but no, it's it's interesting because at the top you see the teams that are always a beating the Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac twelve schools that will pay them to play. But then in the middle, you see some schools that haven't played a game yet. Um, and it's just and they're going off name recognition alone and things like that. So it'll, it'll be interesting because last week, um, shoot, seven of the top twenty five teams lost and five of them were by double digits. And so it's just, it'll be crazy to see how that changes week to week as it's a conference only season. we've seen, uh, I mean, obviously in the big 10, some teams you thought were really good turned out to be about four and four, five and three or something like that, that wouldn't have happened in a normal year. Yep. But no, as we move, uh, we talk about conference expansion, conference relocation, with uh, North North Dakota joining the Missouri Valley officially this year. There are two conferences that are joining forces. Uh, The WAC is coming back as a football conference, and they're stealing teams from the Southland and the SoCon Conference. I guess that's redundant because it's the Southern Conference, so it would be the SoCon is the conference part there is CON. But – and the Atlantic Sun. And so teams are coming from the Ohio Valley – um, and there, it's just kind of that whole Southeast and then into Texas is kind of relocating to be a Texas conference and then a Tennessee, then Southeast conference there, uh, splitting off from the big South is losing a few, but then stealing a few from other con- conferences. So just a lot of movement in the FCS right now. And it'll be interesting to see 
what the WAC looks like because the WAC has a lot of some bigger name schools like Sam Houston, who's yeah. a pretty big power in FCS. And um, as a basketball conference, it's going to gain some steam with Stephen F. Austin joining and things like that. Um, the Atlantic Sun is gaining some uh, some big names that are usually in the regional semifinals and things like that. But again, conference realignment is always just fun talk. But lastly, I've got to go with my what's good first, Brandon, unless you got a thought real quick about conference realignment. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I was, I'm excited about uh, Sam Houston State and the, in the whack with it. Um, they're always a fun team to watch. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I think that'll be a fun one to watch. And normally I wouldn't pay as much attention to that conference, you know, because I'd, I'd be spending more time with with Missouri Valley, but I don't know. It'll be fun to watch how that shakes out. And, and the FCS is weird. Uh, I like to think of it as the real playoff system because they have 24 teams. And this spring is going to be a little goofy just because of the number of teams. Uh, I think so they're kind of back down to 16. Uh, but right now, as it stands, the WAC, and I believe it's the Atlantic Sun since they're both uh, forming don't have enough members for the qualifying bid to have an automatic bid into the national tournament. So they're going to be one conference technically. So that way they can get the auto bid for, right. for their league. And I think that's kind of a cool, cool little thing that they can do because you never see that. You would never see the PAC 12 and the big 12 combine it. So that way, right. no matter what, they get to be one of the four teams. Like that's unheard of in the ego driven uh, FBS and, uh, so it's just cool because, I mean, the the Ivy Leagues don't play. They play their 10 games and they get out. Mm -hmm. The the historically black colleges, uh, the MEAC and the – oh, gosh, I'm losing the other one off the top of my head. Uh, gosh, that's terrible. Whatever the other so, – uh, HBAC conferences, they have their own celebration bowl, so they don't make it to the tournament very often. And so those schools are the some of the ones moving to the Big South and realigning into the Atlantic Suns, so that way they can get a berth into the into the playoffs because it is becoming a bigger deal. Do you, Brandon, did you just look it up? No. Oh, okay, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You're, you're typing. I thought that's what you're doing. No, I was no. moving my moving my other browser window. Sorry about oh, that. Sorry. <laughs> that, that's terrible radio right there but but no but as we wind up this was a fun one because Brandon and I think I geek out into football that truly matters in the spring that won't fold or isn't owned by a professional wrestling company and that's always fun to talk about <laughs> exactly <laughs> but no be, before we get out of here Brandon what's what's your extra point for today my extra point is well kind of 1a and 1b 1a is again People tomorrow, at, I think it's five o'clock our time on ESPN Plus, South Dakota versus North Dakota. I mean, maybe North Dakota is going to take over the seat as being the, the best team in their state and the best team in their conference tomorrow. I don't know. I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be a fun game. And it's Thursday night, college football. That is awesome. A year ago, COVID was starting to hit. Not only was spring ball canceled, our 
Wrestling Federation of Football was canceled, like what Andy was saying. And now one year later, we somehow have college football going on. And, and that leads me to my, to my 1B is that, you know, I normally I follow it pretty well, you know, uh, FCS football and like to stay up on my teams. But also when I'm watching that, it's like, man, I got to watch some of these other games because the guys on the podcast are going to want to talk about that. So I got to kind of be ready on that. And then I kind of uh, neglect my duties as a true college football fan and, uh, and go for some of the bigger quote unquote marquee matchups. And with this in the spring, it allows me to just focus on these teams, which are super important for their communities and their schools. And they're every bit as passionate, you know, uh, Bison fans are every bit as passionate as Nebraska fans. And, and so forth and in, in every single uh, conference in that. And so now I can focus on that and kind of buy into it. I wish there was some sort of ESPN game day where they would kind of pay some homage to that, you know, or, or any sports station or whatever. But um, I'm excited to watch the games and I'm excited to see how much more like right now, I kind of have my groups of teams I like to follow and seeing how that expands by the end of the season uh, with me not being having so many other distractions of of other levels of football and seeing how much I can learn even more about it. Because I like to soak it all up, see what the different kind of offenses and defenses that they're running, which is going to be the same as all colleges. But it's just ones we're not as familiar about and and seeing how they can scheme you know, the ball to their best players' abilities and seeing some future Philadelphia Eagle draft picks emerge out of these out of these teams with it. So that's my extra point. That was kind no, of No, I, I think you kind of hit it on the head there, Brandon. And uh, it, it's been fun because baseball's really uh, ramping up and the Huskers start this weekend. Uh, they're Big Ten only slate. But I love following UNO, Nebraska, Omaha. I love following, you know, those schools that, you know, local players are going to or kids that are from the state. And, and that's why I love about baseball is that there's so many teams, but like the media coverage is just all in with baseball. Well, now FCS finally gets that where not that they're the mainstream, of course, because the NFL offseason seems like it's 365 days. Now the whole, the whole season is never ending. But you're seeing more highlights from these FCS programs that's really drawing attention, and that's only going to make the product that much better. And and just uh, you know, just uh, just to have not that these are high school and a half communities, but it, it's very much that high school hometown grown feel that yeah, they may watch some other D1 program on Saturday, but you know they're going to the game like. A Hastings College would go to the Hastings people go to the Hastings College game or, you know, Doan has their Crete fans and things like that. It just feels the atmosphere is just a little bit different. Yeah. But no, for my what's good, uh, two teams are making the jump from Division two to Division one FCS this year. Uh, the first one is Tarleton State and the other one is Dixie State. And so Tarleton is one and two, I believe, 
this spring. And their one win, they don't have an FCS win yet, but they have beaten FBS New Mexico State. So their their first win as a, a Division One program is not over its own its own alignment, but a, a a tier above. And then Dixie State played Tarleton last week and won by 17 points or so. Well, this week Dixie State be, plays New Mexico State. And if New Mexico State loses to Dixie State, I feel like we need to kick New Mexico State out of Division <laughs> One and then bring up the Bison or JMU or somebody from the Missouri Valley to, to take their place because not only are they losing to a FCS team, but they're losing to teams that don't even have the full roster of, of an FCS and playing a Division Two roster right now. So congrats to Tarleton for their first win being an FBS opponent. And shoot, Dixie State's off to a great start, too. And so it's just fun to fun to see a first Division One win is not against a like opponent. Something else right there. It's something else. But, no, please do follow us on social media, at Sing Second on Twitter, at Sing Second Pod on Instagram. Email us if you're into the email at Sing Second Pod. Um, but, no, be like the resident small school fans, Brandon and Andy, and sing second. <laughs>